But for me, happiness is to live with people around you who are not malicious, who have no second thoughts, who are not with you by feelings of interest. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Today I am actually recording live and not on Zoom, and I am sitting here with the most wonderful man. He is an art collector, he is a patron of the arts and the master of the Pieridis Foundation. He has been looking after Cyprus archaeological treasures and has been collecting art all his life. He is from a very old Cypriot family and he is keeping the family's heritage alive. And before I say any more, we're going to find it all out during this conversation. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Dimitris Pieridis. Thank you very much. I'm at your disposal. I am so glad that you have you're taking the time to talk to me. And the first thing that we talked about when we met, because I am from Switzerland, you studied in Switzerland, didn't you? Yes, I was uh, in Lausanne for six wonderful years of my life, from the age of 18 to 24. At the university, I studied economics, and then I followed law. Wasn't it quite unusual at that time for a Cypriot boy to go and study in Switzerland? Very much so. They were all in England. Most of my friends have been in Oxford, Cambridge, London School of Economics. But the reason why I went to Switzerland, it's because our shipping partners, since 1903, they had their headquarters in Vevey, next to Lausanne. So I had a lot of Greek uh, executive directors there looking after me. And also I had all the funds available at the same time, which gave me the opportunity, being in the center of Europe, to be traveling a lot, especially in, in, in France, Germany, and Austria. I hear that you were quite popular at that, uh, at that university. Indeed. And uh, we had at that time many Greeks I was the only Cypriot, but the Greek students at the Polytechnic, especially, of the university, we were uh, 370. And uh, they elected me their president two years after I went to to study. At the age of 20, I was the president of the uh, universities and Polytechnics Greek students. Uh, Until the end, of my studies. I was re-elected every year, and they were teasing me that you are General de Gaulle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. So when you were saying that you were enjoying living in the center of Europe, did you travel around? Did you drive or did you, how did you travel? I did drive, yes, around Europe, especially long weekends to Paris, and then uh, in summertime at the French Riviera, but my beloved place that I still go, it's like my Mecca. Every year, in early March, I must be in Zermatt. I can feel you. I totally understand yes. you because it is definitely a very magical place. My goodness. The first time I went there, I said to myself, I must go and see if I can find a tomb where the I can rest forever <laughs> near the Matterhorn. Did you manage? 
No, I changed my mind. <laughs> so I will have more visitors in Larnaca. That's very good enough. <laughs> so um, we're going to come back a little bit because I know that you did enjoy your time in Switzerland, but you were telling me that you were traveling by car and I want to talk a little bit about your love for cars. Please. You had a collection of cars. Talk about that. Indeed. Yes. Uh, so far under the Pieridis Foundation, we have created or co-created nine cultural centers, museums, art galleries in Greece, four in Greece and five in Cyprus. Uh, the great mistake I made was to give away one of the sports cars and take another one instead of keeping them because I would have created a very, very beautiful small museum of 12 super sports cars, some of which do not exist anymore. I mean, even as brands, Fasel uh, Vega of Paris does not exist anymore. Uh, I was very, very much uh, a lover of the sports cars. I never, I never exceeded speeds in order to show off, having always in mind my responsibilities I had in Cyprus and all the members of our staff of 16 companies in Cyprus I, we had. And I was the legal heir. I had no choice but to study economics. Otherwise, I would have followed the core diplomatic. And uh, I was a, a careful driver and touch wood until now, at the age of 80 plus, I never ever had an accident. Wow, that is amazing. Amazing. Yes. Not even a scratch on the Mercedes dry 100 SL that I bought from Jürgen Brinner, the famous actor. How did that come about? I'll tell you. I did buy the smaller one, the 190 SL, beautiful cabriolet sports car. And I was at the Mercedes uh, service station. And there comes Jürgen Brinner in this fantastic car that is still now on sale for over 2 million. Oh my God. So rare it is. She was angry with the with the garage that they made a bad service and this and that, and I don't want it anymore, and I want to buy a car for my age. He said he was in his 50s, I think. And uh, this car is for young people like the gentleman. I said, yes, I am interested. Are you selling it? <laughs> well, if you are serious about it, uh, why not? Come over to my villa. It was, I remember, in Roll, where uh -huh. the Rosé, the famous Goulardes. It was outside there. And the next day I was there with the check because we, we agreed on the price. And I got it. This is how you buy a car, people. You just meet Jules Brunner at the petrol station. Oh, <laughs> no delays. So I, I traded in the 190 SL to Mercedes and I, and I took over this fantastic car. It was the most beautiful of that time. But he did tell me, be careful, when it starts raining, uh, don't brake abruptly because the car will get off the road because they made a mistake. They put tires which are not for all weather. And he was right. After leaving his house, it started raining. I used the brakes and off I went into a field outside Lausanne. Oh my God, well, it's a field and not a, a, a wall or a something. A wall, yes, outside yeah. Lausanne. Yeah. Therefore, I... <laughs> I changed the tires and I called him to say thank you. <laughs> so 
that was still during the time that you were studying in Switzerland. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then you came back after you, your studies, you came back to live in Cyprus. I had to. <laughs> the family was uh, expecting it. Yes. Expect, expecting that the only son in the family. Yeah. I came back in the 60s when Cyprus was being proclaimed independent republic. And my father was very much in politics. Mayor of Larnaga, vice president of the parliament, the Greek Cypriot parliament, they called it. At that time, we had two parliaments and the central one. And uh, not only that, Consul General of Sweden and this and that. So I took over myself, starting in Famagusta in our shipping offices, where I was uh, part of the creation of tourism to Cyprus with hotels and charter planes, especially from Scandinavia. And then, unfortunately, we had the, the intercommunal troubles end of 63. Early 64, the United Nations brought over 10,000 soldiers to Cyprus, out of which 1,300 were Swedish uh, that uh, came to Famagusta, where the consulate general was. And uh, I was sort of a, a, a civilian, uh, uh, not chief, but in charge also of many duties of the battalion. Uh, they stayed until the very end, until the very end and the loss of Famagusta in 74, which obliged me to forget whatever I have created during all these years, hotels, hotel apartments, shipping offices, insurance companies, travel agencies, a lot of tourist buses were lost there. On a Thursday morning in August 74, I was told that whatever you have created is now Turkish. But uh, uh, hope Dice last, that isn't is it? very true. Yes. Very true. Tell me a little bit about Famagusta before the invasion. Famagusta was, was flourishing. Thriving. It was a fantastic town. Fantastic it? town. It was flourishing. Uh, the, the rest of Cyprus was still developing. Yes. <laughs> developing, but Famagusta was at its peak. Uh, beautiful new hotels, uh, uh, restaurants, nightclubs, tourism, exports of uh, all the... Orange groves mostly were from Augusta and Morfu. And uh, we had a very happy life. I spent uh, really 14 unforgettable years. We have been creating, I was the uh, organizer of uh, European sports, especially with uh, fast, um, small, how do we call them? I even forgot <laughs> so much time now. The speedboats yes. that we will be using. Oh, wow. We had European championships, yeah. uh, always taking the, all the crews from, from Europe to, to visit President Magarios and pay their respects. Here's the photographs I had with them there in, the, in this room with the president. And uh, a very interesting life. Was mm -hmm. Very interesting life. And Larnaca was uh, a town of 20,000, yeah. very chic. Always conservative. Augusta was uh, something it's the else. The wild place. The wild it's place. The glamorous, the glamorous you, you may place. call it, yes. Yes, yes. I brought to Famagusta Port the first Aston Martin, DB5, exactly the same as James Bond's Dr. No. I know that because my uh, husband is a huge fan. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. yes, I brought this. Where uh, is this car now? The car is uh, now in the hands of. 
somebody still in Cyprus, he repainted it from, from light blue metallic to black, I think. Uh, but it's still alive. <laughs> it's still around. You mean on this side? On in the, this side, in yes. In the Republic of Cyprus. Yes, thank okay. God. Yeah. Thank God. That, that's the Aston Martin DB5. For some time I had it. And then came out the Aston Martin DB6. And I immediately gave this to my cousin, took the Aston Martin DB6. And then uh, after six months, I was very cross with them. They introduced the Aston Martin DBS that had nothing to do with the Aston Martins. It was a, a low, broad, Italian-style car that came out. And immediately, of course, I, I rushed to change to the DBS. <laughs> the DBS has been unfortunate in London. It was not working well, so I gave it back to the factory and they gave me another okay. DBS. So it makes four Aston Martins. I came back very, very uh, proud of it to Famagusta. And a good friend of mine who passed away lately, he told me, Enemy, this is beautiful, but uh, you are still with uh, Aston Martin, it's uh, old fashioned. I said, What do you mean? Lamborghini, my God, Lamborghini is the new, the new fashion now, fantastic. You must see the Miura and the new Espada. The new Espada, yes. And it's a full four-seater, and you can um, go around with friends in, on trips, not only one person, as you are now. And the uh, luggage compartment, very ample. When I saw the photograph, I collapsed. I immediately ordered the, Aston, the, the Lamborghini Espada that I had for years. It was so beautiful. But in the meantime, I bought another uh, Lamborghini the Diablo, that was so low and so uncomfortable that a few months later, I sent it back to the factory with a short uh, telegraphic message. Uh, the, the car is um, ideal for Chinese, bold hair, and um, people who, who, who love to, to suffer, masochists. <laughs> So Not Chinese, Chinese, bold hair, masochists. So, and what did they say? They well understood. <laughs> okay. And they told me, you know, we have the general agency in Italy of Rolls-Royce. Why don't you take a Rolls-Royce? I did take a Rolls-Royce, but it was nothing. had nothing to do with the sports cars. It was moving by itself <laughs> in great comfort. So at the same time, I turned again to sports cars. Uh, so you liked the sport cars, yes. sports cars when they uh, were comfortable. Indeed. Yes. So I bought the Ferrari Super America, and after the Ferrari Super America, the beautiful Testarossa, which is the only car shown in the Museum of Modern Art of New York because of the of the style of the car. Wow, I didn't yes. know that. That it's, is it's still in the moment. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was the second Ferrari, after the second Lamborghini, and then I bought the Maserati, <laughs> the Maserati uh, Quattro Porte, and then, well, what not? And the Facel Vega, the Facelia. So I should have kept them. Yeah, yeah. I should have kept them, instead of giving them almost away to buy something else. Yeah, well, but, uh, 
I did enjoy it very much. We always know better afterwards. Yes, but I, I enjoyed every single moment. And touch wood, I never, never had an accident. Only once I traveled alone on a Sunday morning, but autostradas were quiet, from Bari to Rimini, and I reached 220 mm. with the Ferrari Super America. And then I told myself, but what are you doing now? If there is a stone left mm-hmm. on the highway, or you, 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 you become absent-minded, you, you will die at this young age, for God's sake. Never swear to yourself, do it, do it never again, which I did yeah. never again. But, you know, I think those cars, they the way they are driving, you don't even realize how no. fast you drive. No, you don't. Yeah, so so it was just looking at the, you at, don't. the, at, the at the meter when you realized what you were doing. In, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is true. So And they collect, they correct themselves yeah, on bends yeah, and... Uh, yeah. yeah, fantastic. So you have this huge, huge heart and love for cars. Very much so. Yes. Um, after 74, after the invasion, you moved to Athens. Yes, I moved to Athens to our shipping partners in Piraeus, uh, where I stayed for many years, from 74 to 96. Yeah. And I created the Pieridis Museum of Contemporary Art, in Glyphada outside Athens, by the sea always. This uh, contemporary art museum has really left its eternal stamp, the passage, mark mark from from Athens' uh, life in in visual arts. They all still remember it. Fantastic. You were telling me last time we spoke that you used to go around the villages in Cyprus and buy art to keep it here. Indeed. That was especially in the period 64-73, when the Turkish Cypriots were in their own so-called enclaves, and the Cyprus police could not enter. They had UN soldiers outside the villages, and uh, to keep peace. But uh, they were excavating with bulldozers, unfortunately, mm-hmm. every night in prehistoric places of uh, early Bronze Age, mm-hmm. which are the most beautiful yeah. Cypriot red glazed ware, handmade, of yeah. course, yeah. not even wheel thrown, yeah. handmade. Three villages, Kotsiatis and Marquis outside Nicosia, and uh, a small village Suskiu outside Paphos, from where I bought the most important and oldest uh, man's idol found in the whole Greek world. Amazing. End of 5000 BC, late Neolithic. Uh, Outstanding piece that we have at the museum. Outstanding piece. I had a lot of experience with all these uh, outings of mine. Uh, Sometimes risking because I was putting on my Swedish flag as consul general and enter all these villages. And they thought, uh, they stopped me sometimes at the United Nations. But where are you going, consul general? Uh, to a village of 90 old Turkish people. Uh, is it a conference or what? And I said, it's more than important, more important than a conference. Please, let me pass. Well, you were not doing anything bad. On the contrary. Yes, because I kept, you, were, you were telling me, sorry that I'm interrupting you, because no. a lot of art 
was taken apart. A lot of yes. uh, numerous. Yeah. But I could buy 620 unique pieces to enrich our five-generation family archaeological collection. Yeah. Or Cypriot, of course. Yes, that's fantastic. I mean, yes. I think this is a, this, you did a lot for this country. It seems so. And not only that, uh, it was all being... Uh, I never refused to participate in the exhibitions of arts abroad, whereas the state itself is hesitant to send some uh, antiquities abroad. Yeah. May, they may break, they may not come back. I was always, through the Pieridis Foundation, participating in a lot of exhibitions abroad. And for this um, contribution to promoting the so-called European culture, the Western civilization, lucky or more than that, enough to receive 11 state high decorations from European heads of state, kings, and presidents. Wow. 11. I was, uh, we were looking at photographs together last time. You have a picture with every single, obviously, every single president of the Republic of Cyprus, but you have many, many pictures with a lot uh, of heads of states and kings and queens. Who was the most fascinating person that you've ever met in your life? Can you say that? Yes, what you said is very correct. From the archives of the Pieridis Museum, we found out that since 1922, this uh, very place we are sitting now has been visited by 28 kings, queens, members of royal families, prime ministers, and presidents. So you mean the chair that I am sitting on at the moment could have been used by one of them? By Queen Sophia of Spain, for sure, <laughs> because she was sitting where you are sitting now. Oh, wow. And we did not change the seat. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I love it. A lovely lady, Queen Sophie. Who, um, who else was here? Tell me a little more. You asked me which... Who was uh, the most fascinating? Most, yeah. not, I wouldn't call it fascinating. Impressive personality that had all virtues in one person. I mean, not a real gentleman only, but uh, the behavior, the knowledge, the uh, academic and the social... Uh, education, all this together in someone that was, for my own opinion, was lost from Italy, King Umberto of Italy. Oh, wow. What a fantastic gentleman. Unfortunately, he did not reign. They turned it into a republic, as we know. And he died in Cascais, where he was living in Portugal. Uh, I, I never met before such a personality. That's amazing. <clears throat> we spent the whole day together. Yeah. He stayed here for lunch and sent me <clears throat> one beautiful engraving showing his old auntie, uh, the, the, the princess of uh, Savoia, who was married to Jacques Lusignan, showing her visiting the Pope and asking for the right to continue uh, keeping Cyprus under the, the Savoyas. Mm. Yes. Fascinating. Well, now I could also ask you who was the most annoying or the most, uh, the, the, the least pleasant, but I won't because that wouldn't be nice, would it? All these 
personalities, having been living through, it's mostly the royalties, a life that has been pre-arranged for them, yeah. they were simple in behavior, yeah. especially the Scandinavians. Mm -hmm. The Scandinavians. I remember being granted audience by the dean of the royalties, the late King Gustav VI Adolf of Sweden, a very important archaeophile who was every year excavating outside Roma for the Etrurian civilization. I was twice uh, granted audience at the Royal Palace in Sweden, in Stockholm. And the second time I was <laughs> waiting for His Majesty to come. And the great Chamberlain told me, if you look from the window, you will see him on his bicycle. He went to buy uh, dental cream from, <laughs> from the pharmacy over the palace because he didn't like the ones that we bought for him. And he was in his 86, still <laughs> on his bicycle. But that just shows the simplicity of the of yes. person. Yes. 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 And I never heard the Scandinavian, especially Swedish that I know so well, and Carl Gustav, they never say, my army, my gendarmerie, my uh, air force. They never said that. I mean, not socialist royalties, but very much near the people. Yes, yes. And I think, and I can tell you that just from this simple little podcast that I'm doing here, that usually the most famous people or, you know, people with a lot of history, with a lot of background, people like you, they are the simplest to speak to. And people who think that they are, I don't know what, usually, first of all, they don't want even want to speak or they want to, they, they postpone it three times. So I know exactly what you are talking about. <laughs> I'll send you something to laugh. I, after the, the invasion and the loss of Famagusta, I told you I stayed in Piraeus and with our partners, we have created a Soviet Greek shipping company with uh, over 2,500 calls of vessels to Greek ports every year. I was the managing director, and we had a big staff and many Soviet, uh, at that time, uh, executives in the company. And one of them, when I was in Moscow on an official visit, the then uh, Minister of uh, Mercantile Marine, he took me out for lunch, and he told me I had so very much of you, Dimitri, that I want to tell you something. If people in your place were as simple and correct in behaving, there would be no communism. And he started laughing. <laughs> the Russian said that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Russian minister. Yes. Because he said this if our people suffered from the Tsar yeah. and the church. Yeah. They were neglecting yes. the, the, yes. the musics. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, therefore, they, they, they raised up. Yes, of course. They, yeah. would, they didn't allow it. They couldn't take it anymore. No. Yeah. No, but it's, it was, it was a great compliment for me. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the best compliments. I believe so. Now, um, you are surrounded by beauty. You love beauty. You love cars. You love art. You, you love beautiful trips. 
What is beauty for you? Or, or let me ask it differently. What do you consider not beautiful? What is ugly in uh, Dimitri Spiridi's life? What do you think? The other day they sent me a questionnaire. And the first question was, what do you think that happiness is? Oh. And the standard question. Yes. But for me, happiness is to live with people around you who are not malicious, who have no uh, second thoughts, who are not with you by feelings of interest. Because they want something from you. Yes. Yeah. It's not so very common. It may be rare. Yeah. When we are in a position, of course. But it is so. Uh, uh, happiness is to have real and sincere friends mm -hmm. who care about yes. you and that you are in a position to feel that I do care about you uh, because they love Dimitris and not Pieritis. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's beautifully said. I isn't it? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. But, Does uh, happiness change with age, you think? We become more mature, but... Uh, When you had a, a, a nice life of a young person and you and all your good memories are back there, yes, at my age, I don't feel miserable. No, you don't. That no. shows very obvious. No. Yes. And thank God I, I use my brains uh, without forgetting anything so far. There is no such problem that other fellow students of mine have, I mean, no, th thanks God, because I had a, a very easy life. I never drank alcohol. I never smoked. I never went to bed very late. Uh, all my life was normal, standard, whatever you may well, call I it. I wouldn't call it that normal with all those <laughs> cars. <laughs> but, yeah, I know what you mean. But the, the cars were a pleasure. I, I never exceeded yeah. The, yeah. their presence. Well, you just enjoyed your life. Yes. Yes, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. Yeah. Today's world, with all this technology and all this um, people, something happening at the on the other side of the world, and we know it two seconds after, do you feel that is good, or do you feel that it's, I mean, sometimes we know a little bit too much? It's too fast to catch up yeah. uh, on a daily basis what's going around us, but uh, it's interesting Yes. at the same time. Yes. We must not complain. And sometimes we say, ah, oh, how beautiful it would have been if I lived in the 18th century or the 19th century with etiquette and uh, aristocracy. No, I, I don't share this view. Uh, first of all, let's go back to simple things. Medicine. They would die at the age of 40, 50, and being considered as old. Nowadays, uh, at the age of 80, 85, we are young. still around. Yes. No, young you are not, but we are still around, well, active. Well, you look very young. I you are active. Yes. You are active. <laughs> yes. Uh, therefore, I try to catch up, mm -hmm. in two words. Yeah. And uh, reading every day newspaper and uh, listening to the news from Euronews. And this, uh, I think that uh, we live a very interesting period, provided we are not self-destroying mm -hmm. whatever we have by wars. Yes. yes. And uh, what's happening now in Ukraine is uh, lamentable. Uh, the, least, the least to say. Yeah. yeah the yeah, least yeah. to say. So um, you have lived 
a very full, interesting, and fascinating life. And I think that's what something beautiful to look back to. I cannot complain. No, you don't look back to something <laughs> no. you would complain. And I think we're also already, because we've been talking for more than half an hour, and I usually keep my episodes to maximum 35, 40 minutes, and we are nearly there. Okay. I have really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much, Dimitris. I thank you, uh, Mrs. Elizabeth. Thank you very much. And I'm pleased that I'm talking to a Swiss, a Swissess, because my grandmother was uh, from Switzerland. Yeah, you told she, me that before. She was the son. She was the daughter of the son of the mayor of Nyon. Wow. <laughs> and she was here during a time when not many foreign women were married in, in Cyprus. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, vive la Suisse. Vive la Suisse. <laughs> Thank you so much. Et le canton de Vaux. Merci beaucoup. Merci à vous. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.